afternoon. Welcome to the Southland Review, where we kind of talk about all things business, uh, you know, trends, different things that are going on of interest. And we talk to different people around the Southland, uh, business folks, uh, nonprofit individuals, people that are making a difference. Today we have Philippe Bortel and Brad Donovan of Catalina Capital Group. Uh, these gentlemen are both financial planners and advisors to companies with respect to uh, pension plans and retirement programs. And given the fact that uh, small businesses over the next couple of years, and, and bigger businesses for that matter, are going to be faced with some new regulation in the state of California around uh the development of 401k or the, the development, excuse me, of, of, of having to have a retirement plan. All companies with more than five employees will need a retirement plan after 2022. So what does that mean? This is, so the state has set up a program called Cal Savers, and we're going to be talking to Philippe and Brad about those, about that situation, what they what they see coming in the future and what uh, what they might be recommending. So it's officially going to go into effect next year and it's going to run for three years. So there's going to be a period of time where there's a phase in a different companies and we'll talk about that as well. But in general, it's not a very appealing plan compared to the other alternatives that are out there. So when you say it's not a very appealing plan, what, Brad, what is, what does that mean? And why is that the case? Well, I would say, Dennis, it's because it's a plan that's really designed not so much for business owners, but just it's kind of a band-aid, almost a way to put a plan in place to make sure that we cover different people uh, within the company, but not necessarily the owners. So there are some things that I like about it, not very many, but there are some things that we don't like about it. So if you'd like me to go through those, I could certainly do that. Well, yeah, go ahead, because I think that's important for people, for people that might be listening to know, you know, what, what, what are the pros and what are the cons? Sure. Well, there are many pros, but one thing that Philippe and I like about it, it is an auto enrollment plan. And what that means is everybody that's an eligible employee is opted into the plan. And if they want to get out of the plan, they have to sign some paperwork to get out of the plan or they call a phone number to get out of the plan. So it is something you can get out of. But in our experience over the years, and I've been doing this for 13 years with other types of retirement plans, auto enrollment plans work. And the reason they work is people typically do not opt out. So the way that it works is, and this is how it's going to work for the state of California plan as well. It's called CalSavers. You're going to be opting in at 5%. And then they've got what's called an auto escalation feature, which means every year your deferral rate will go up by 1%. So it automatically, you're in the plan, it starts at five, then it goes to 6%, seven and 8%. So eventually it gets to 8% and that's the cap. The reason we like that is really twofold. One, most people do not opt out of auto enrollment plans. So it is very effective for getting people into the plan. So you're kind of helping them help themselves. And it's a forced savings plan. So you really are forcing people to save money for retirement that they probably wouldn't have saved on their own. So we find it very helpful in that way. Beyond that, I really can't think of too many things that we love about it, but I'll just go through a quick list of things that we don't really like about it. So starting with the low plan limits, 
This is limited to $6,000 a year in contributions. So you compare that to a 401k plan. 401k payments, excuse me, 401k plan limits for next year are going to be $19,500. So big difference. So if you're an owner or a high earner and you really want to ramp up your savings for retirement, this is not going to be the plan for you because you're not going to be able to put as much money in as you would in a 401k plan. So that's one thing. Can owners? Uh, the other thing we don't like. Can owners? Wait, I'm sorry, can, uh, Brad. Sorry. Can owners get into the Cal Savers plan? They can be in the Cal Savers plan, but if they make too much money, if they're above the IRA limit. So that's one thing we didn't talk about. This is after-tax money. That's actually the next thing I was going to talk about. Oh, I this see, is a I Roth see, IRA gotcha. plan. Right. Yeah, this is not a 401k plan. This is a Roth IRA plan. That's why it's got the limit of $6,000. So not only is it after-tax money, so there are no pre-tax advantages, but if you're an owner that's doing well, you've got a successful business, you're not going to be able to probably even participate in the plan because it looks at your joint income, you and your spouse, or if you're an individual, there's another level. And if you've already exceeded those limits, you can't even participate in the plan. Hmm. So it's, yeah, it's going to be difficult for business owners to see much value in this other than really just putting a plan in place for employees. Right. And, and so do you, um, do you anticipate, I mean, what, I think you were going to point out a couple of other pros before I get onto another question or cons before I get onto another question. What are the, well, yeah, just, yeah, just a few more. I mean, one of my touched on already, there, there are no tax advantages to this plan at all. And what I mean by that is if you want to put money in pre-tax to lower your taxable income, you can't because it's after tax. That's one thing. But if you're a business owner and you're looking for more tax deductions for your business, you can do that through a 401k plan by doing a match, which is tax deductible. You can do profit sharing, which is tax deductible. So that's something that's not even available. There is no match in this plan. You're simply enrolling people into the plan. They're putting their own money in after tax and that's it. So that's something that's wait, a disadvantage, wait, wait a I think. Wait, wait a second, Brad. So there's no ability for the employer to match. Correct. There's there. It's not after. It, it it's not pre-tax. It's after-tax. Correct. So effectively, you know, the the state of California is essentially saying, either you get on board or do something, or we're going to force your people to save money. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, so, it's. We, we didn't cover this yet, but it's a mandatory plan. So if you don't already have a plan in place, you will be forced at some point over the next three years, depending on the size of your company, to adopt the California plan. Okay, let me say this again. I just wanna, I just wanna say it one more time. This is after-tax money and your employer is not going to be, or you will not be able to contribute anything. And so effectively what's happening is the state is saying, we're going to force you to save money. For the employees, yes. For the Many employees. owners will not be able to participate though, just because that's they right. simply make too much money. And that's not always the case, but there are plenty of owners that make too much money to participate because of the plan limits. Okay. And so what are the, yeah. once... What is that? This just doesn't sound all that great. So, so what happens though when um, 
so what, what are the responsibilities of the employer if they were to get onto this, uh, this CalSAVERS solution? Well, so the state of California, as I said, has not disseminated too much information about this. But what I've seen and what Philippe has seen is they're trying to make it sound like it's a no-brainer, it's very easy, there's not going to be a lot of work, there's not going to be a lot of cost. And those things just aren't true. So there is going to be some administration that's going to have to happen on the plan, and it's going to completely fall on the shoulders of the employer to make sure they keep track of everything. So I can go through some of that with you. Um, so for example, how are the employees even going to know about it? Well, it's the responsibility of the owner to communicate to that to them initially, but also the ongoing education. And one of the things we didn't talk about, which is really a huge deal, and I'm sure as you start to think about some of the companies you work with, Dennis, yeah. this includes mandatory auto enrollment for all W-2 employees. And I want to emphasize that because it's all W-2, full-time, part-time, seasonal, interns, anybody who's getting a paycheck. If you've got five or more employees, at some point over the next three years, you're going to have to put this plan in place for your company or find an alternative. So what are the, so, so let me ask you this, and I think this is where we're, you know, I've always, you know, but we, we've always heard, or I've always been around the idea that, you know, setting up a 401k is costly and it's a pain in the neck. And, and that's why a lot of companies haven't done it. Um, what, so what are the alternatives if, if, they do, if somebody doesn't want to do that or wants to have more flexibility in how they're dealing with this problem? Yeah, you bring up a good point. I've heard that myself. And as I said, I've been in the industry for 13 years. It is an objection. And I understand why some employers say that, because if you have a 401k plan or a profit sharing plan, defined benefit plan, there are some employer responsibilities. So just as an example... And again, this would apply also to the state plan, CalSAVERS. So in addition to communicating it and educating employees about it, you've got something called eligibility tracking. So as soon as somebody's eligible, you need to start doing payroll deductions for them. There's also plan limit monitoring, monitoring which means if somebody gets to that $6,000 limit or in a 401k plan, 19500 for next year, you need to know that and you need to stop deducting. There are notices that need to go out. So there are definitely more notices in a 401k plan than there are with the state plan, but there are some notices. Right. And then the payroll responsibilities. I mean, it's very important. You've got to get this correct because you're dealing with the IRS, right? So you've got payroll yeah. deductions. you got people that decide to opt out. So it's auto enrollment, but some people are going to opt out. you got to make sure if they opt out, you don't deduct for them. And if you remember, I told you about those 1% increases on an annual basis. You've got to remember to do that on an annual basis. Right. Plus, it's, there's an, something that I thought was really interesting. You have to automatically enroll everybody into the plan. If they opt out, every two years, you have to re-enroll them, and they have to opt out again. So some of these things overlap with things <laughs> you do in a 401k plan. Some do not. But in this particular plan, all those things fall on the shoulders of an employer, However, with a 401k plan or a profit sharing plan, there are third parties that we work with where you can outsource 99% of that. You can literally say for a little extra cost, it's worth the savings and our time and effort to deal with this, to 
to have somebody else deal with those things for us. So to answer your question about is a 401k or profit sharing a lot of work? Not really if you work with the right providers and the right advisors that can guide you through outsourcing as much of that as possible. Well, and, and in relative to that, what, you know, uh, not to get too, too, too far down in the weeds. So from a cost perspective, if you're, if you're working with an advisor, you know, what does that look like? Because it sounds to me like there's going to be at least a little cost to the, the employer, to the business owner, uh, but, but only really administrative cost when it comes to CalSavers program. Well, actually, Philippe, would you like to address that part of it regarding the fund yeah. expenses? Yeah, the Cal Savers plan is actually not as cheap as what one could expect. It is technically free from the employer standpoint, right? Except the time they're going to have to spend right. enrolling their employees and giving notifications and so on and so forth. But when it comes to the employees' options, it's roughly 90 basis points, 0.9% that the employees will pay. And there are a couple things that participants will have to know. If they don't make any selection as far as their investments, the first thousand dollars they'll contribute to CalSavers will go into the money market. And after that, we'll go to the target date funds that matches their retirement date age the closest. But that is out of a 90 basis points cost that employees will have to bear. They are now in 401ks that are you know, done correctly a fractional of that cost that is being borne by the employees. So from a fiduciary standpoint, you can offer more investment options because CalSivers is limited to six options, a money market, target date funds, a bond fund, and a few equity options. But you can also do it from the employer, employees at a lower cost. That said, there will be some costs borne by the employer, but those could be tax deductible costs. And you know, for a startup plan, um, we are talking here you know, in a one, one and a half to two percent range. Got it. I got it. I got it. So I, I'm, you know, we're we're probably getting close to running out of time, um, but I wanted to wanted to bring this, you know. So I wanted to just explore one other area. So we talked about four hundred one k plans and um, profit sharing. Are there other options that that fit? Um, that that fit a solution so that so that business owners don't necessarily have to jump into the CalSavers platform? Yes. And so just to be clear, if you already have a qualified plan, you'll just go on the CalSavers website and opt out, right? So Got if it. you already have it, you don't have to worry about CalSavers. Right. Or you have to worry if, you have not offer, if you're not being offering anything to employees. So you can have different options, right? You can do a multi-employer plan. You can do a 401k. You can do a SEP. If you are known for profit, a 403b. Right, all qualified plans will substitute enrolling into CalSavers. Okay, and I think you know um, that is an important aspect to also determine that CalSavers might be a solution for some people and may not be for everybody. Right? Yeah. We don't want to give a blanket statement. I think it, it's a, on a case by case basis, and you know clearly the state is rolling down the level of companies that have to participate by size. Right, the yep. first next year. In June of next year, if you have more than 100 eligible employees, you know, in 2021, 50, and then down to five employees. So clearly, you know, the larger employers will be much more impacted by it. Smaller companies that may have a lower turnover and, you know, have an HR person that has some qualification as far as that's concerned might actually be okay in CalSavers, but it's really on a one-off basis. Got it. Uh, 
Brad, you've been doing this for 13 years. Philippe, you've been doing it for yeah, close to uh, 20 in the wealth management industry. Yeah. So, so these these gentlemen are um, seasoned professionals. Um, I'm really uh, pleased to to let everybody know that happens to listen to this uh, chat that we have uh, every week or so that uh, they are partners of ours. Um, and we're happy if you if you reach out to me on LinkedIn or via email. Um, we're happy to put you in touch with them, um, and we're going to have them back on in a few months. Also, I think we're going to try and do some other things with them. Uh, I appreciate both you guys being here today, and uh, we'll catch up with you shortly.